The future is female, and behind every successful woman is herself. At Beach Candy Swimwear, we believe real women truly do shine the brightest. Welcome to the Real Women Shine podcast with Beach Candy Swimwear. Everyone, my name's Britt, and I'm the founder and designer at Beach Candy Swimwear, and also your host for the Real Women Shine podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking with Gabriella Barnuevo, who is a best friend of mine back from my college years in New York City. She is an exquisite example of what extraordinary looks like, acts like, and lives like, and I absolutely cannot wait to share my dear friend Gabby with you. She currently lives in Geneva, Switzerland, and has traveled all throughout the world as a photojournalist and as just an adventurous, uh, creative soul. So again, I cannot wait to introduce her to you, and here she is. Hey, Gabby, how's it going? Hey, Britt, so good to see you. So good to see you. Oh my gosh. So long, it's crazy. Time has just zoomed by. Now you have an almost two-year-old and you're in Switzerland, Geneva, Mm -hmm. is that right? Exactly. Crazy. So I met Gabby, everyone, uh, years ago in college at Pratt Institute. She was studying photography and I was studying fashion and we quickly became best friends and we have traveled together. We have definitely had some uh, adventures together. And Gabby is originally from Spain and is now in Switzerland and has really traveled all over the world and has led such an extraordinary life. And uh, so that was back in, last time I saw you was college graduation. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. It rained on our graduation. We didn't even yeah. get to walk. We so didn't I walk. Really, yeah. I really feel for class of 2020 because we got the <laughs> same experience minus the <laughs> pandemic. Um, and so, yeah, it's been that long. It's been 2008. So let's see. 2008. 2008. So yeah. we're to. Yeah, it's 12 years. It's oh crazy. Oh yeah. my God. Time, time flies. You always hear people say, oh, it's, it's been so long, but it's crazy how time flies. <laughs> it really is crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But you look the same. It's amazing. So do you. So do you. <laughs> you look um, like even better. So we're, we're like good French wine. You know? No, good Spanish wine. Sorry. Spanish. We just get better with age. <laughs> Amen. I love Spanish wine. I'm so envious of your European lifestyle right now. <laughs> so first I want to start with Let's talk about you uh, studied photography in college and you were a photojournalist for, was it the New York Times um, back in the day? I wish. I, no, I started with the New York Daily News, which is not, not a bad place to start. Yeah. Absolutely not. And then yeah. let's talk about just like where life took you from the moment I last saw you on. Let's just kind of dive yeah. in a little. I'll, I'll try to make it brief and interesting if it's possible. Uh, so I finished college uh, and right that year, I actually graduated in, in January. Um, we, I moved with, to Ethiopia with my whole family. I have four siblings, uh, which are all small, younger than me, the youngest being 17 and uh, I'm 34 now. And, um, and we, we lived there for six months. We, we were working in a hospital in rural Ethiopia that was from a Catholic mission. And that was just an extraordinary experience, not just the fact of living in, in Ethiopia, but also just uh, being the whole family together. My siblings were being homeschooled. We were with my parents. I was done with college. I was helping with homeschooling. And, and I, that was one of the most extraordinary uh, experiences of my life. And then, you know, you go to this attitude of, oh, I'm going to go help uh, in Ethiopia. And in the end, you just get helped because you just learn so much about life and, and what it means to be fulfilled, what it means to be happy, how extremely lucky we are. And, um, and I don't know, like, that just yeah. it's the most wonderful experience I've had in, in my life. Um, after that, I, you know, I had been working as a, as a photojournalist in, in New York. So I wanted to continue with that, uh, after the experience with my family and I'm having a huge deja vu just with a kid and you and everything. I love that. <laughs> and, uh, so I went to Spain because, um, I'd, I'd grown up 18 years in the States and I just, I miss Spain. I miss my roots. Uh, I miss my family and my friends, so I moved to Bilbao, 
the north of Spain, the Basque Country, and I worked for a newspaper there for, for two and a half years, almost three years. And you know, it's the largest newspaper in the region. Um, so it was great work, great exposure. Working in newspaper is amazing because, you know, in, in the morning you're taking photos, you just all all layers of society you get to touch. You know, you're 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 in a homeless shelter in the morning and then you get to be with the, the president of the government in the afternoon. So for me to I don't know, to understand society, to be in touch with society, to be able to look in the eyes of all types of people and just realize that everybody's just a human. We yeah. just got dealt our cards in different ways and everything. Like, and really understanding different societies. Like when I worked in New York, you really get to know New York as a, as a journalist. When you work in Bilbao, you really get to know the city and the, the culture, the food, the people. Um, but after almost three years there, I just, I felt like, you know, I had hit the ceiling. Um, there, there was nowhere else to go as a photojournalist. I was one of the best newspapers. Uh, I was working every day, but eventually news in small towns, they start getting repetitive. Yeah. So it starts getting a bit boring from, I don't know. Absolutely. So uh, I, I decided I wanted to be a freelancer and I just had to find a place where I could just move and become, you know, uh, my own photographer. And, and so I kind of studied the world and saw where what possibilities I could go to and I saw that you know at the moment in Senegal um, there was going to be elections there weren't many photographers based there so I decided I decided it was a great spot to go and start um, start working there I knew nobody I had no contacts so I just hit the ground and started sending emails trying to get beer with whoever would accept a free beer from me and and um and you know with elections there started to be a lot of work so um i lived in senegal for two years working mostly with associated press uh as a freelancer and then just i don't know magazines and anything you can find really as a freelancer you're just like a a one-man orchestra you can do everything i i wrote i did video i did i mean mostly photography but when somebody says are you available you always say yes <laughs> yes wow that's amazing uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I missed that two-year stint. Of I know, but then it kind of continues because in the meantime, I did three months in Bangladesh where I did stories in brothels, which I spent two weeks living in a brothel, which was like like really super intense with uh, underage girls and everything. Like, And again, it's just people that are in such unfortunate circumstances, you know, that you're like, fuck. <laughs> um and, and it's hard it's, it's it's a bit hard to go also as, as a photographer because you feel like maybe you're exploiting their life a bit because i go in there i just you know fly in i i take the photos i want and then i walk out i forget about my life and i try to sell the story so that was always a bit conflicting for me because i don't know it's like i feel yeah. like you 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 profit in other people's pain in a way yeah. even though i'm there to document reality and you, know? you have that, you also love helping people. So to just photograph yeah. and not get in there and save the, you know, save every woman in that place. Yeah, which is not possible. Yeah, you also have to be realistic and you have to yeah. live your life and, and just try to, when you're with them, respect the people that you're with as much as possible. Uh, but, you know, life goes on and, and I am lucky enough to have seen, seen these amazing things in the world. Um, so then we, uh, I went down to the south of Bangladesh actually and did a climate change story because unfortunately, uh, Bangladesh, if the when the sea level rises, is one of the first countries that will disappear. Right. So and this was you know ten years ago and well, so you just a lot of struggling farmers, a lot of sad stories. Um, you know these people they go into the the. Um, the mangroves to hunt for crabs they get attacked by tigers we had to wear a mask on the back of our heads because I t tigers don't attack to, to the face From they only the face. attack on the neck so you would wear a mask on the back you know and, and then we would see tiger footprints and like fuck we don't want to see a tiger you want to oh see a tiger, but God. you don't want to see a tiger you know <laughs> and then i don't know if it was through show but the guy that we had he would like pick up the water 
smell it and be like, there's a tiger nearby. <laughs> like, how do you know the smell of piss? I'm like, no. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, he has to tease you somehow. I think so. <laughs> I think so. But it was really cool because then you have like honey hunters, which I, I never knew it was a thing. You go in wild honey hunters, you go into the mangroves and with smoke and you, you take honey from the honeycombs. And I don't know, it's like all these, all these careers that exist and jobs that exist in the world that I was really lucky to be exposed to. And, uh, and then I don't know, I mean, after that, I continued to Ghana, I lived there for a year and a half. Um, then I moved to the Philippines with my cousin, because he had like, he, he, he has a very strange job. And he's like, I need help. And I said, Okay, I'll go with you. So I lived in the Philippines for six months. And, uh, and that was an amazing experience. I got to live with my cousin, which was, you know, an opportunity that I would have never thought possible. Because uh, we're very different people, but we we managed to work well, and um, and that was an amazing experience. And um, and so yeah, I've kind of bounced around the world, you know, yeah. always with a camera on my back, and uh, always working as photographer. <clears throat> so I I took a little break because you know I, I was getting old, and for me, I have a large family, and I really wanted to have children. But I knew that as a photojournalist, the way I was living, it was quite selfish yeah. because, you know, you, you just get called at whatever time of day, you have to go quickly, you have to get a plane. So it wasn't a lifestyle f prone to be able to have a lot of kids. Yeah. And for me, I mean, that's just something I've always wanted in my life. So I ended up moving to Madrid, to Spain, um, five years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, there I, I did a little bit of photography, um, still worked for Associated Press, and then my dad started a company, so I just decided to start, you know, help with him, like the creative angle, the website, the photos, uh, and then I started to get more and more into it, which was in real estate, and I found it fascinating because it was about getting old buildings and redoing them, and, and I don't know, there's a certain beauty, you know, to, to redo I find it fascinating. And that was in Madrid I, as well, correct? Uh, that was in Madrid. How and that's where, where I met my husband, uh, and who's a Swiss. Whoever knew I wouldn't marry a Swiss. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the, last, the last prototype of a man I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, me, because I'm like very like, free spirit. I don't care. I'm not square. I'm not, you know, I'm very laid back. Um, but, uh, and then like, life just like brings you opportunities so you just take whatever comes and uh his his uncle is an oyster farmer in northern france for uh the last well all his life so it's a it's a, it's a family business of oysters and the, the uncle is about to turn 80 he's been working his whole life and there's nobody in the family that wants to retake the business so so we thought well why don't we go try it out for a year and see if like we want to become oyster farmers. So we lived a year in, in France uh, in the oyster farm and worked as oyster farmers. And after a magical, magical year, like out of a story, uh, we said, oof, this is, it's a really, really difficult life. Like yeah. it's insane, insane. And, and chapeau to all the farmers out there because it's backbreaking work. It's your, your you know, your two, you're at the mercy of mother nature. Your whole crop can disappear in, in, in two days. I mean, it's, it's really like a frustrating job. So after a year there, which we absolutely loved, we said, do we want this to be our life project? And that's when I got pregnant and I was like, you know, I don't know. I, if, if you become a farmer here, you have to stay here for life. Yeah. And I've traveled so much and I just didn't want that big anchor, Yeah. you know? saying like, I can't travel with my kids, I have to take care of a farm. Um, so right. that's how I ended up in Geneva and I've been here for a year. And so now I go back to photography. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> because uh, it's my passion, it's what I've always loved and, and I've missed not working in it for the last three, three, four years. Yeah. So now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back at it and uh, I'm very happy. <laughs> Amazing. And now what happened to the oyster farm and who's running it now? Well, he, the, 
I don't think the uncle the uncle will die in his in his oyster farm. He's still going there every day. It's oh, what makes wow. him happy. It's what makes him like take. Yes. So and this is in Brittany, you know, France, or yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I love gorgeous. it. I've been and I've walked the path along the water there and I've watched old men and women holding hands, walking out with their buckets to collect their mussels or oysters for the day. The clams, and, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, what a magical place. And what a, just giving it a try for a year. I mean, wow, that's yeah. so cool. So lucky, so lucky. Yeah. And a cute little town, super right. friendly you know and uh and don't they say oysters are an aphrodisiac is it any coincidence yeah. that you got pregnant at that same <laughs> maybe <time? laughs> i would i would discard it <laughs> and i love oysters and being able to work in an oyster farm and just having like you know a stack of oysters and just you can open it you're out in the field at, right you have a you have an oyster i mean it's bottle of rosé <laughs> You wish. It's very, it sounds very romantic, but you're like hunched over the whole day. Your back right. is killing you. You have to flip these bags of oysters. I mean, it's hell. It's hell. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, you're working in the, the water. Day? Is it early? Yeah, is it you, like 4 a.m.? Is it, what is it? You work uh, according to tides. Okay. So Mother Nature's your guide because the, the oysters are grown in the, in the tide area. So in mm -hmm. Brittany, you have very big tides. Right. Uh, so when you have strong tides, uh, you have about three or four hours that you get to be able to work on your, on the, on the actual farm. Okay. And you have these boats that are, that are completely flat on the bottom. So when the tide goes off, they just lie on the sand, you know, so you can't move the boat and then uh -huh. that's when you work, blah, 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 blah. And then when the tide comes back, it lifts the boat and then you can leave. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you have video from that time in your life? Did you take it? Yeah. I mean, obviously you have the Any iPhone, photos? you have little videos, little yeah. snippets. Yeah. I would go out with the dog. I have a Rhodesian Ridgeback and he would just out in the water with us all day. I mean, it was, it's, you're there in the sun, in the rain. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you start at four in the morning and sometimes you start at four in the afternoon. It, right. it all depends on the tides. You know, that's what you're, wow. You're asking. That's so nice. That's so nice. Wow, Gabby, you've really, <laughs> you've really painted towns red. I mean, all, all the traveling you've done is makes me so envious. It's so fun, but that's so cool. It's so cool how much you've traveled. You just, you definitely probably look at life so differently than most people because you've seen so much. Yeah, I think traveling really, really helps you open your eyes, you know, and, and see that we're just all humans in different circumstances dealing with our lives in different ways so it makes you respect humans it makes you respect nature i don't know appreciate what you have absolutely um, so traveling is just i recommend it to anybody that wants to get on a plane doesn't even know what they want to do i mean anywhere you go is, yeah. is going to be fascinating absolutely yeah. do you have a favorite place in the world is it spain Oof. Well, I'm, I'm Basque, so me, it's the Basque country. Yeah, <laughs> we absolutely. have the best food, best food in the world, the <laughs> beautiful coast, beautiful people. So yeah, yeah. the Basque country. <laughs> when I visited San Sebastian and I walked into the little restaurants and had little tapas all laid out on the bar there and oh my gosh. And then walking that beach is it's crazy. It's heaven on yeah, earth. It's, it's magical. Yeah. It really, really is amazing. So do you think Geneva is just, just for now, do you think you'll be moving one day? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. for now it looks like we'll be here for a while. Okay. And I'm happy because I've always moved every three, four years max. Yes. So it'll be interesting when I hit the four year mark. Yes. <laughs> right now I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit the two year mark. I actually just hit the two year mark. Yeah um so so we'll see but yeah for now i mean uh, also you you change you evolve as a person and yes and i, I don't know for now i'm happy but we'll yes. see i mean i would love to like create a bridge with madrid madrid is only two hours away by flight so to be able to have either work there or something that that you know, I can, I can bring my family there and, and keep my roots in Spain because I don't know, I'm very proud of Spain and I think we have great things to offer. Um, so I want my, my kids to, to feel that passion and pride. <laughs> Absolutely. And then now when you yeah. say kids, are, are you planning to have more, more babies like your, your dad? Um, I remember he said one time, 
because you had so many siblings. He says, I love making people to love. And I, when I heard your dad say that, I will never forget it. <laughs> I don't it. remember that. Oh. oh my gosh. We were sitting That's at the kitchen a... <laughs> table at your beautiful home in Rye, New York. And he was like, I just love making people to love. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was beautiful. Well, I'm actually one month pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh, Gabby. <laughs> Very the lead. Very clean. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I need to get on a damn plane. It's been too long. This is crazy. Right? It's, well, there's always a room here for you. Oh, so, thank um, you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's super early and you know, these things, uh, sometimes they don't happen in the first trimester, but that's how life is. But uh, I don't mind talking about it because it happens to all of us. You know, I've actually already had an abortion in the past. A natural abortion and um, I, I respect people that want to keep the three-month rule um, but you know I mean I, I for me it was easier because my friends talked to me about their experiences so I feel like it's nice to talk about the experiences and it happens Absolutely. to all of us so so now I'm, I'm just really happy I found out like three days ago and uh, um, we'll see. <laughs> oh my gosh so you're yeah. you are glowing even extra today it's like man you look good <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and are you hoping boy or girl or you don't care well i'm not going wood but i know what i want <laughs> i already have a boy so okay yeah uh, but we'll see i don't oh care my i love boys amazing he doesn't know yet i haven't told him but okay whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and how's your family doing they're still in madrid uh they're in madrid um i have two siblings living in new york Okay. So they, they all went to New York and studied university there. They've all, they're just like New Yorkers, you know? Yeah. But with all the Spanish heart. Steps of their big sister. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I still have two in, two in New York. My parents are in Madrid. Um, my brother was in, and, and two in Madrid, but one of them is going to probably move to Colombia. We'll okay. see. Yeah. He wants to be a writer. So he wants to, you know, well, I guess follow my not my not following yeah. my path but uh you know be inspired by traveling which i think is great he <laughs> loves the back there. he loves the life he's so la cute luz. la luz yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah amazing amazing so and then you said uh your brother's in colombia and then what about your other sibling so you have two in New York. He he just started school today. Okay. Today I think no, he's starting on Monday uh, in Madrid. So he is going to be a senior, I believe, yeah. which is insane. Uh, we're we're eighteen years apart. Yeah. Uh, and and so he's looking at at schools in New York. He really really wants to go to the new school. Yeah. Uh, so the last so we'll time I saw him, he was sitting on your lap as gosh five years old. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you can really tell time flies I'm noticing is through children because yeah. like I just became an aunt and just the, the time that goes past in two weeks, they're already doing new things, different things. And before you know it, they're bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's yeah. amazing. It's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just finding now that like between like having kids, um, spending quality time with them just the, the importance of of being fulfilled i mean it's it's not even about happiness because i think everybody has this thing of like you want to be happy which i think it's the most important thing in the world but maybe that's not how how you define it because happiness is just peaks you know you're i, I don't feel like you can be in a constant state of happiness right uh but just this thing about really feeling fulfilled you know, mm -hmm. and, and really being able to be in the moment. And it, I mean, it all sounds a bit cliche, but once you start to break it down and think about it, it's just so fundamental, you yes. know, just how it can bring so much to you. And then once, once you are okay with yourself and once you are at peace with yourself, then you just give so much more love to the world. And, and I think, you know, even if we're not out here uh, trying to, save the world and, and, and what we do day to day by being a, a better person, a good person, looking people in the eyes and, and really seeing them as people, you know, and respecting them. 
then we can do put our little grain of sand to to try to make everything a little bit better i mean so i i have a lot of hope in humanity and i think we're going in a in a great direction despite everything um and and i don't know i i'm just so happy that i i can try to instill this into my my children and and try to apply it every day in my life you know it's quite difficult you know um but yeah that's that's amazing. i don't know for for me just really being happy is the most important thing in the world and however you can construct that how, whatever that means to you you know my brother that wants to go to colombia and he does <clears throat> he hasn't written a single email to a writer or to a newspaper and i'm like are you crazy like you haven't done this but if i think if he's going to be happy what do, what do i care what do i care yeah. if he ends up uh being in a, a a tomato farmer you know or what do i care if my other brother becomes ceo of jp morgan i mean that for me doesn't define you at all so what i care about my siblings uh because in a way they have been kind of my children yes <laughs> it's just that that they are really happy with themselves yes you know and and me i just i want to be an example of that and they say i nag them too much and i i i i i criticize them too much but i do it all out of love because i just want the best out of them and yeah. out of everybody i'm with but how do you find fulfillment what have you found that um of course being with your son and things like that but even a little bit deeper what exact actions or activities bring you joy uh, my exercise that i try to push myself is just being in the moment and that's what brings me fulfillment just that this like presence that you know of thinking about the future thinking about the past or thinking exactly what's in front of me so it can be translated in many different things i can i don't know i like looking at you in your eyes even though it's through a screen but you know feeling feeling the chair underneath my butt feeling the my 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 feet on the wooden floor my hands are a bit cold now just really trying trying to savor the moment and even it's it, even if it's in pain or or relative pain because thankfully i haven't suffered real pain but even when you're just doing exercise or yoga and you're in a terrible position and and you're just you're like okay I'm here now. Like what is this? And trying to analyze it. Um yes. I, I don't know. Yeah. I get that. Just being just being with what is is yeah. totally a vortex in of itself of of joy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> You're also living the European lifestyle which just exudes joy and quality time and family first and It's just well, a slower pace. I mean, you live the California I lifestyle. I mean, you, I try I not you, to, but the second I walk out that door, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like, I'm half American. I have an American passport. Uh, I lived 18 years in the states, um, and America has a lot of great things to offer. But I'm completely inclined to the European way of life. I think here, we just have a a, a different way of 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 just living life especially in Spain of just being able to sit outside and have a beer and and the sun i mean i say this and it's all in california as well yes. you know you have good quality food it's you have different. good people it's you different. have the sun but but there's no. something you know there's yeah. just there's how how much we appreciate family and how much we always make an effort to be with the family uh always try to you re, you re, reunite the grandparents the uncles uh, you know i think unfortunately in the us you're it's such a huge country that people move very easily which is understandable so it's harder to get that family together yeah and in madrid and spain you don't really move from your roots maybe it makes us like more boring people or something but everybody kind of just stays always that's why i i never minded to travel because every time i go back it's the same you know yeah so yeah. so it's a bit of a luxury just to say like i i every time i come back it's the same right and and just just it's just the quality of life is a beautiful insane. same beautiful it's traditions insane. those traditions will never change it's just yeah. beautiful it's beautiful just insane. now now i was in in august with my family in in near barcelona in the north of barcelona and you know just eat 
eating at 3, 3.30, uh, sometimes it's 4, it doesn't matter, dinner at 10, 11, just like, but just like super relaxed. Uh, you sit down, you can sit down easily for three, four hours, you know, you finish eating, you just lay back, you take a gin tonic on the table, like you don't remove any of the plates and you just talk. It's called sobremesa, which means above the table, you know? So after lunch or dinner, you have sobremesa and it's just all the conversation that happens, you know? And I just get goosebumps thinking about it. It's very Mediterranean and, and I don't know, it's one of the joys of life. It sure is. And in the States, we clean up the table and then turn on the TV. No, no beautiful conversation. Actually, my husband and I don't do that, but that is the classic American way. That we have to say, beautiful. your husband looks like he cooks so good. He sure does. My gosh. Last night, he just randomly whipped up a, a Caesar salad dressing homemade, and it was just so anchovy and lemon, and it was delicious. Yeah, I love now, this cooking. And I'm, I'm really getting into cooking. I love food. Just love it. Love, love it, like, from the ground up. Like, everything. We actually now, well, my husband has gotten into growing, too, so now we have our, our terraces full of tomatoes, uh, Russian cucumbers, lettuces, kumbawat, lemons, you know, everything. Yes. got destroyed by a storm like two weeks ago but we still oh, have like little remnants <laughs> and and just i don't know food and, know. and and for me just like normally it's like the simplicity yeah the simplicity of the recipe is just with the high quality ingredients because once yes. you have a good tomato and mm. a good piece of meat you don't need anything that is almost the entire reason i want to move to europe is the ingredients of the food because here in america we we modify everything and but by, by the time it ends up on your plate it's tasteless and filled oh, with poison. It's so sad. It's so, so sad. bad. Just, this is what I appreciate about Europe and the European laws for food is that just for the use of antibiotics, the use of pesticides, it's still used here, but much less than the right. States. On a safer scale. Much safer. Like the, the things that you, you inject yourself with the American diet is, we have no idea the long-term repercussions. Well, now we're starting yeah. to see it, we're actually, to you know, and, and our bodies it. suffer. I mean, it's something invisible, but, um, and I think the good thing, though, is that people are really becoming aware of it, and people yes. are willing to bet on it, and they pay for it, because right. I pay for organic food. Right. You, I, you know, you pay more. You and do. I'm willing, to, I, I'm willing to pay for it more, because I know in the long term, right, um, you'll just be a healthier person. Absolutely. You'll have probably less healthcare costs or whatever. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, and it's not just about us. It's about nature. I mean, it's a whole cyclical, mm -hmm. it's how, how you treat your body. You know, it's, it's, it's how your, you should be treating the you, world. You, you only get one. And like, you know, I've had some issues with my health throughout the last few years. And so we've really been focused on, there's a quote uh, that I love that says, everything that you eat is either feeding disease or fighting disease. I'll never forget when we went to uh, Caracas together and yeah. we came back and your parents picked us up from the airport and they were, they had just finished with a gala and your dad was in a tuxedo and your mom was in a big, beautiful dress. And oh my gosh, your family just, I don't remember that. Was, was always <laughs> just a beautiful uh, experience. And no, it's crazy because I'm with you. I mean, we became friends maybe the last two years of college, or basically the last year, and 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 then we haven't seen each other. But I I remember that first dinner that we had in Brooklyn, where we had a bottle of wine, yes. and I just felt like okay, like this is this is like a friend. I'm sitting here. I'm with my bottle. It felt so Spanish, you know. It's yeah. super relaxed, super. Yeah. I don't know. Conversation went on for hours. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, oh man, I mean, I it's, it's your version of my soulmate. <laughs> we, we clicked immediately and I, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I can't believe this much time has gone by and I can't believe yeah. I haven't seen you and it, it's just tragic, but I'm, I'm definitely going to change that as soon as uh, the flight, flights open up a little bit more, we're going to come visit you for sure. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> but that trip to Caracas, do you remember how crazy and fun that was and some yeah. of the crazy stuff we got into? Yes. The craziest thing was when we went to hike to that waterfall and I yeah. didn't even think of the bugs and I am so scared of bugs. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh. I remember, I remember the 24-hour ants, remember? There was a, a giant ant like this that if it bit you, you got fever and then 24 hours later you died. You died. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we, we got into that like five person plane, which was already like, okay, girls, you're, you're going in. <laughs> There's no going back. There's no like next flight out an hour later. So they drop and the, in the back of the plane was an indigenous family. And yeah. <laughs> it was just you and I in this plane. They drop us off at Angel Falls or, or days away from it, actually, yeah. but at a base camp. And then we get in a canoe for a day, a day, day Yeah, and a half. it was like a full day of, yeah, just trekking up. And, and they take us into the Amazon. And I did, this was new to me of just like, okay, they show you the brochure. The waterfall sure is beautiful, but yeah. to get there, you've got to like, you know, slay anacondas and the rest of whatever <laughs> else was in that jungle. But yes, there were anacondas. They said we couldn't pee in the water. Remember when we were swimming because they had those fish that would swim up your, your pee <laughs> yeah. screen? Yeah. <laughs> I also remember stopping at the, at, like, at this indigenous house and we had the yuca beer, which yes. I can still feel it in my mouth. Like, I can eat everything, but oof, right. that, was, that was difficult. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then I yeah. was so scared of the bugs. I asked them what they had to protect ourselves, and they said the rum. And so we were just drinking <laughs> rum like crazy. Oh, my gosh. And it was just us two with a guide in the us camp. Too. You know? Us yeah. two. And we slept in the hammocks. In the hammocks. With the, yeah, mosquito with the net mosquito net and the one light. So every bug in the jungle was there on top of our nets, just sitting. So if you got out, they'd be on you. So you're just like in this claustrophobia plus bugs. It was like, yeah. I, I swear, I, I think of that all the time because it was literally my most fear factor moment of my life. But amazing. We got out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we made it. We did. We did. I'm sure you have many memories like that of all your travels and <laughs> crazy situations yeah. you've been in. Yeah. Wild, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, and now here we are. Yep. You with your baby, with your baby on the way. <laughs> yeah, and your your baby that I remember when you were drawing out your logo. I and you're know. like, oh, what do you think of this? You just, you had this like vision. It was insane. Like I've never seen somebody with such a vision and determination than you. I mean, you, you are my example because you said, oh, we never had TV growing up and we don't have a TV. Like oh, you are my God. example of that. Like you can't get bored. And look, my kid, he yeah. just doesn't get bored. He just He's knows so how to play. I'm, but that's that, partly thanks to you because you really just, I don't know. It, it's amazing how you, you've had something in your eyesight, how you were able to save up for your business, how you had a business, like you were graduating, you already had your business plan and you're like cash saved up to start your business. Like it was insane. And now, and now look at you like super successful, amazing, amazing bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say. Like, I love that you're holding. Did I, did we ever, t did I tell you that that was the print that I bought with you in Bogota? Well, no, but I, I always, I, I, I imagined because yes, it was beautiful. Yes, I bought a print in, a, in the market with you in 2007 yeah. in Bogota on our way to Colombia or on our way to Venezuela. And yeah. I made that print into a swimsuit. It was editor's pick in Sports Illustrated in 2012. Yes. And now you own it and it's all full circle. I can sleep. Yeah. There. And that's, that's why I <laughs> loved it so much. I guess I didn't even realize subconsciously it was this print, which is amazing. That's really. And awesome. I'm, I'm so happy to have one of these pieces and me, just what I love about people is when they do things with, with love and care and quality, like I'll pay for that. I'll be happy. Any, anybody that does have like, and, and then the product product is just good. Like yes. I just think of a tomato. This is like, an amazing the amazing summer tomato like perfection just the quality like you know it'll last uh i don't know if that was a good um that's beautiful analogy, but... i love that I, <laughs> I'm you know honored. but just when, when you do so when you do something with so much passion and care that you just feel it like it just radiates quality and and so i'm, I'm really happy to have one of these Oh, I'm um, so glad, Gabby. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Really, and Real things good. that last long. Things that I just hate, but like I just I, right. I find it so frustrating. Bikinis that you just they last one, two seasons maximum, right. and then it's right. just completely undone. Right. So and then it ends up in a landfill. That's like my biggest thing is you know just buy something once, 
wear it, love it, live it forever. And then, you know, if you want two, go for two or three, but yeah. have them for forever, you know, have yeah. them for a very long time. And that's how, and that's how I, I now, how I buy and, and my husband has the same mentality, how, how we do everything. It just really just go for the quality period. It's, it's the only thing that matters. It's, it's how we're going to help the planet. It's how we're going to, we're going to help ourselves. We also are going to buy less. Yes. because we're going to buy good. So yes. I mean, it's, it's great. And like you were saying, I, I, I wanted to come back to that with when you travel to these really impoverished countries and they have nothing, they seem happier and are happier than most of us who have so much. Yeah. And I really think that there is a joy and a happiness and an enlightenment that lives in a simplistic lifestyle. I really am. I'm so aware of that these days. And I, 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 I want for almost nothing except time with my, those I love a good meal and, you know, just the, the beautiful sunsets and sun, you know, and sunrises each day. Like if you just kind of bring it back to these basics, I I've, I've found that's really been a big help for me during this time as well is just focusing on only what's immediately a need. Sure, but then it's fine to have, um, like we call it caprichos, like, um, like you know, uh, something that you don't need but you want. Right. It's fine to to permit yourself. Again, it's not about extremes. If right. if you really really want X, it's fine if you can afford it. If it's not gonna if it, if it's not gonna weigh you down, as long right. as it doesn't weigh you down. Right. Because um, me, I, I'm 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 attached to materialism in a yeah. way. Like, <clears throat> so I had. Like these, this comes from Ethiopia. This comes from Burkina Faso. The first time I went when I was 18. Wow. You know, and, and it's, it's materialistic in a way, but I don't know. I mean, which is something I struggle with sometimes, but I think there's, there's also a balance that it's okay to, oh, to sure. like, you know, there's, there's simplicity in things, but when, once you have things like taking right. care of them, appreciating, right. Like, Moderation. Moderation. Yes, I mean, yeah. absolutely. What story <laughs> and, and, stands out most to you when you were in that brothel? Because that sounds like that was a wild two weeks, Gabby. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really intense because the brothels there are are, are like matriarchal societies, so it's run by women, uh, which is interesting to think about because the conditions and everything they live in is really extreme. I mean, you have it was a, a neighborhood in a relatively large city where two rivers meet. So you had two large rivers and a couple of highways. So you had a lot of truckers, you had a lot of uh, captains of boats and salesmen. Um, and so the, uh, there was a lot of incoming traffic. So it's one of the largest brothels in the country. And there was four huge uh, five-story buildings um, that were hidden. Like you just walk down the normal street and then you had curtains. And so you could walk through the curtain and you entered these alleyways and then it's just alleyways with little little huts built from the building. So, you know, you have the big buildings and then every spot that they've managed to build a room, they had a room. And then you, but it was like a little city. You had your kiosk, you had the, you had the food vendor, you had the tobacco vendor, you had the condom vendor, um, but it's, it's all focused around the brothel. And these these large buildings, you had, I don't know, maybe 10, eight rooms to each side, which each room belonged to a girl. And half half the floor was for one madame and half the floor was for another madame. And the, the madames owned the girls. So really, it's, it's slavery. I mean, it's insane because it's just pure slavery people the girls it's just the story of this girl that was uh she told her by her uncle that she was going to go to Dhaka which is the capital to become a dancer and she was going to go to a dance school so she left her family said bye to her parents like all happy and then she ended up being sold for two hundred dollars uh to a madame and then they have to pay off their their madams and once they're paid sold off, by her family or sold sold by her uncle um and then once they uh they're supposed to pay off what they're sold but of course you know they don't even know how much they've been sold they don't have accounting they don't i mean what what is this just pure slavery 
and um and you just see these you know these little girls and they go to the madams and they're like okay well i have a customer and and she gets a condom and a cigarette which she buys off of the madam to give to the guy so the guy can have sex and then smoke a cigarette um and and i don't know this little girl she had this phone i mean it was a while ago but you still had video on the phone which is super pixelated and it was a video of a slasher film which i've never seen like so you it was a guy um forcing himself on a woman like super violent they were cutting their boobs off and i don't know if it was real or not because i think some of these videos are real uh, and 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 she was just showing to me like ah look ha ah, you know and just like laughing at it and and that for me was very shocking because this girl is is being raped because they're not there because they want to you know um and and then she just sees these videos and i guess it's a mechanism you know of of protect protecting yourself and just like laughing at it and I don't know. I mean, when when it hit eight p.m., we they told us we couldn't be there anymore, you know, because it got it got too aggressive. Um, and then I mean, then you have people that come drunk, and then every you know they would make jokes like, "Oh, like how much are you?" Ha ha ha, you know. Which obviously they know we're not. I don't know. Just it's uh, for me. It's hell on earth. Yeah, it really hell is. on earth. It really is. And then, and then, and then you ask them, you know, like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which I don't know if it was a very, very fair answer. I guess I, I don't know. Also, I, I was really young when I went, um, and they're like, oh, I want to be a madame. You know, they wanted to be part of that, uh, which is understandable. What if you put yourself in their feet because the madame is the one with the most powers, right. you know, and the most freedom. Right. So right, right but they just want to perpetuate. And then they, they took these drugs that were um, for, for cows, for bloating cows up to make them fatter, like fake fat. Um, and their being fat is beautiful. So you had all these girls who were like unproportionally fat. So you could see that they were just, it just I can't imagine how unhealthy it is. Um, and then just these large bins like this big in the corners up like overflowing with condoms like, and just insane <clears throat> wow wow God. um Jeez. no but the, you were just That's there so i mean for, for me for me it's terrible but it was fun because these girls were so sweet yeah like, you were just there you would laugh with them you i mean fun entre comillas because it's really like it fucks you up, you know, because you're, 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 you're there, you're with them, you're seeing it, but there's nothing you can do about it. And then the girls are just so sweet. Right. So sweet. And then you see like when, when, when they're 17, 18, they, they start getting more aggressive and then they won't want to talk to you. And you know, life, life has treated them really, really hard. Um, I just remember even the madams, they had these stories of like, I don't even want to be here. You know, like I was, I was, a a cleaner in Saudi Arabia and then she got caught and then sent back and she's like all I want to do is like clean houses in, in Saudi Arabia like what am I doing here but she right. she felt like she had no other option right <clears throat> wow that's yeah. so sad mm. yeah yeah there, there's some really dark places on this earth that still need uh attention and focus and f photos so that there's awareness yeah. and help yeah. that's the importance of photography yeah for sure. yeah did you did you sell that story did people pick that it's up or come crazy i never the brothel story i never managed to sell because it was out of fashion and it's been done way too much that was the reaction i got from a bunch of magazines it's like well that's a bit deplorable <laughs> you know i mean absolutely uh, it's not in fashion or or i mean the stories are insane that are coming out of here. Right. Actually, um, I feel like I never see an honest story. I would, I think you should publish it on your own somehow. Yeah, actually, I, I was thinking of going back to my work that I haven't sold, uh, going back through it and, you know, trying to sh shed light again uh, on it. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because the world needs to know stuff like this and a lot of people are not as, um, 
as excited about getting on a plane and having no plan and getting somewhere and digging in to meet people and get the story and then get out. I think that um, that's, that's a dying art. I think everything's mm. so corporate and structured and has a timeline and a schedule and an Excel spreadsheet and, <laughs> you know, and, and has to fit within, and then they have to fit the story within the, the box that they were given. And I think it's, yeah. it's very cool what you no, do. This was cool. Cause you, story. you know, we had no idea you arrived there. It's like, so you, this is going back to the matriarchal society. There's the president of, of the brothel. So you have to, sit down with her and then there's the council and then they have to agree to let you in because of course this is all like super modern so they're not gonna let just people walk in and and the whole process of getting in and everything you know it's uh it was amazing because it, it, it was set up like a company right and and, and the close thing and you had to get permission and, blah, blah. Right. and then you had the accountant that came in every day with like his giant book he was a really short bald man came around with his little glasses and he looked like an accountant giant book and like wrote down all the notes of the accounting of the business and wow wow well amazing gabby <laughs> thank you so much for getting on here and just sharing some of your magic with myself and with anyone who's listening i really really yeah. uh, appreciate it i knew you had uh, great stories to tell but you definitely <laughs> over delivered this was amazing <laughs> Well, thank you for inviting me. It's really cool to just see how we just pick right back up where we left off. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right, Gabs. He's so cute in the background. He's just having a field day with everything. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> He's a smart little guy. Oh my gosh, I'm curious. <laughs> He's so cute. Extremely curious. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, feed him dinner. It was so good to okay, see you. Yeah. So good to meet Aneko. I can't wait to meet him in person one day soon. Yeah. And congratulations yeah. on being pregnant. Thank you. Thank yes. you. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. I love, love you. you. I love you. <laughs> Take care. Okay. Bye. Thank Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Women Shine podcast with Beach Candy Swimwear. Please give us a thumbs up if you liked this video, and if you want to see more, please click on the subscribe button below. Don't forget to click the notification bell, which will notify you when a brand new Beach Candy video is published. We hope this episode brightened your day and inspired you to shine your brightest. If you want to learn more or experience our famous fit, you can head to our website at beachcandyswimwear.com. Every woman has a story to tell. After 10 years in our fitting rooms with women from all walks of life at Beach Candy Swimwear, we believe this to be true. And we love nothing more than real conversations, real women, and real shine. And that's precisely why we started the Real Women Shine podcast. So if you or someone that you know leads an extraordinary life, has an inspiring story to tell, or owns an incredible business, we want to know about it. Please nominate them in the comments below and we cannot wait to share your shine with the world.